It has been six months since the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, prompting about half the states to move to either ban or limit abortion access. But here in California, well, now we're moving stronger and faster than ever to make sure abortion is the law of the land in this state, to make sure it's completely accessible, and to make sure that women from all parts of the United States who can't get an abortion where they live can come here with taxpayer funding to destroy that child in their womb. Well, hi everybody, Brian Sussman here. Hidden headlines, faith, family, and freedom. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my personal journey when it comes to being pro-life. I will also take you way, way back in time to ancient periods within the history of planet Earth where child sacrifice was a big deal. And then I'm going to liken what's happening with the abortion trade to child sacrifice. So stick with me. I hope that I'm not going to sound too radical. In fact, I'm hoping and praying that I will sound very rational so that you can draw your own conclusions from this podcast. We'll start with the state of California, which has become extremely well prepared and has done everything possible to be inviting when it comes to women who are seeking abortions in other states. The simple facts of geography mean at this moment, people are looking, they say, for places to have an abortion. Because in about 26 states, the laws have either been completely reversed or greatly diminished in terms of abortion access. I'm looking at a billboard right now. This is a billboard that has been paid for by Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, by the way, does receive forms of government funding at various levels. But this particular billboard is actually jaw-dropping, question mark? Stomach-turning, perhaps? It's beautifully crafted. It says, Welcome to California, where abortion is still safe and legal. Now you can go to briansussman.com and see this for yourself. It's on my blog. But allow me to continue. In the last fiscal year, Planned Parenthood Marmonte, Planned Parenthood Marmonte is the name of the Planned Parenthood that services the San Francisco Greater Bay Area. Planned Parenthood Marmonte subsidized all or part of the cost of 2,800 abortions. So there were 2,800 babies killed, and all of these were paid for by various donations or government funds that Marmonte was able to acquire. Now that was last fiscal year, 2,800. This fiscal year, it's jumped to more than 3,500, showing and showcasing the impact of the abortion bans. So people are coming to California to have their babies aborted. This increased demand for abortion services, they're saying here, and I'm reading an article from the Mercury News right now, San Jose Mercury News, listen to this. Increased demand for abortion services takes resources away from other services, such as family planning. Stop. Stop right there. Planned Parenthood's version of family planning is this. You should have an abortion. 
Planned Parenthood's family planning never includes this. Hey, maybe you could consider adoption. They don't do that. When they talk about family planning, it's not, hey, why don't you come in? You know, probably not a good idea to have sex until you're married. They would never say that. Instead, oh, well, then how about some condoms? How about some pills? How about some this, that? That's their idea of family planning. Family planning to them are resources that allow you to have all the sex you want without any of the consequences. And if you do slip up and there is a consequence, like in a, like a pregnancy, they'll take care of that with a free abortion. The number of out-of-state patients seeking abortions and at Planned Parenthood operations in Orange County and San Bernardino County in Southern California, that's the Los Angeles area, have increased threefold since the Roe v. Wade overturning. Threefold. They're also telling us that the Southern California Planned Parenthood affiliates have hired more than 80 new abortion providers, that would be everything from MDs to midwives. So these would be 80 new people and they've added nine new rooms where these babies can be terminated in the womb. Let me just stop right there. I'll start with my own personal, personal story, and then I'll get into some of the more controversial aspects of, of this podcast. And I'll talk to you about the five new laws in California that provide abortion access. They just went into effect a couple days ago. So let me start with this. My own personal journey. My wife and I uh, were parents to, my, or to our little daughter. She was probably two years old or so at the time. We were pushing her in a little umbrella stroller in downtown Santa Cruz. It was a peaceful Mother's Day march around a Planned Parenthood building. Uh, people in our church were involved in this. There were probably, I'm guessing, 50, maybe 80 of us marching peacefully around the Planned Parenthood. A few people had placards that said things like adoption, not abortion. But it was peaceful. There were two women, I distinctly remember this. This is again going back decades. My daughter's now well into her 30s. This is going back more than a few years. But I distinctly remember these two women on the stairs of the Planned Parenthood. Uh, they were, they looked very punk rockish, if you will. Uh, they had multicolored spiked hair. They were wearing leather and they were some pretty rough looking ladies. One of the women looked at someone carrying the sign that I just told you about. Adoption, not abortion. Someone looked at that, one of these women looked at that sign and said, yelled, yeah, right. Like if I had a baby, you would adopt it. I remember hearing her say that and it was as if my heart was pierced. And I asked myself, would I? If she had a baby and she wanted to adopt it, would I? Would I father that child? I didn't say anything to my wife. I was so rattled by it. I didn't say anything, but it was rolling around in my brain for days. 
And then I remember bringing this up before my wife. I said, do you remember that woman on the stairs at the Planned Parenthood? And my wife remembered it exactly the same way I did. You see, there's something unique about marriage. The two become one flesh. That's what the Bible says. The two become one flesh. We, we were so tight with one another. Our souls were so knit to one another that we were thinking the same thing about what this woman had to say. And we asked each other, would we? And that began a conversation. That began, began a conversation that adopted that it that moved to us adopting one child and two children and three children. It was a conversation that moved to me being a part of an organization called Brian's Kids that saw 400 children transfer from foster care into adoptive homes. So God did something in that moment that not just changed our life and the, and the, the, the very fabric of our family, but changed hundreds of lives as well in the San Francisco Bay Area. That's, that's my story when it comes to adoption. So when I, when I speak of this, listen, I'm the real deal. I'm authentic. You can't take that away from me. You want to pick a fight? Talk to my kids about abortion. Talk to them about abortion. They'll throw down the gloves and they'll go at it with you and they will take you apart verbally with very succinct rhetoric that is, that is based in reality, their reality. But let me move on now to talk about the new laws in the state of California. California has cemented its status as a pro-choice haven with a package of bills that were signed by uh, Governor Newsom, the man who wants to be president of the United States, and who knows, might be. Uh, he signed these back in September. These measures follow the Roe v. Wade overturn. So here's what it looks like in California beginning January 1st of this year. So all this is now in effect. Funding for women coming from out of state. California is putting $20 million or has placed $20 million of taxpayer money into the Abortion Practical Support Fund to provide grants to pro-choice groups that help women come to California for their abortions. Taxpayer money. Next, we have access to abortion and contraception for low-income women. We've got $40 million to reimburse providers who treat uninsured patients with household incomes below the federal poverty level with whatever they need to make sure they don't become pregnant. <laughs> okay, I'll continue. We also have this law, and this is where now we get into creepy. Okay, we get into creepyville here. This is a law that's now underway. There is no punishment for nurses or nurse practitioners or midwives who decide to perform an abortion. So you don't have to be an MD. You can pretty much be anybody. And if you're anybody, you don't have to worry about being prosecuted by the state. There's more to this. If you were to perform an abortion and it were a botched abortion, an abortion that went bad, something happen, happened to the mom, you would also 
not be liable to prosecution. This is what the state of California has granted for these providers, nurses, nurse practitioners, midwives, or even a doctor for that matter. Botched abortion, the abortion could even be taking place in somebody's home. Doesn't matter. You are not liable. You will not be punished by the law for something like murder. Okay, we'll go down creepy road one more time. Some of you are not going to believe this, but it's AB, Assembly Bill 2223, which now is law. In the past, coroners were required to investigate and register fetal deaths after 20 weeks. Unless they are the result of a legal abortion. But AB 2223 bars such investigations and any subsequent prosecution. This bill, by the way, was supported by uh, Pro-Choice California, Planned Parenthood Affiliates of California, the ACLU California Action League. So AB 2223 will help ensure that no person in the state of California is ever investigated, prosecuted, or imprisoned for losing or ending a pregnancy. This is what we were referring to at one point in time as the infanticide bill. And when we called it the infanticide bill, of course, we were derided as kooks, creeps, conspiracy theorists, fake newsers, etc. But I don't know how else you can look at this other than to say that it could be very possible that someone could actually kill a baby outside the womb and there would be no, no motion for prosecution. Friends, this is sickening. In this day and age of hyper-woke, it's almost as if for some, abortion has become a sacred prerogative. It's a right. It's a right for you to choose life or death for your baby. It's almost some sort of weird spiritual or heavenly mandate. It reminds me of child sacrifice. Listen, child sacrifice, if you're, if you're a purveyor of ancient history, you know that child sacrifice was a common practice in pagan cultures. Now, when I talk about pagan cultures, I'm talking about advanced civilizations that were just void of any traditional religion like, for example, Judaism or Christianity. The idea was this. If parents offered up their children to this, this pagan deity, they would be blessed with bountiful crops, blessed with good fortune, blessed with financial prosperity. Give up the child, reap the benefits. It's kind of like today. Give up the child, reap the benefits of a life that you control. It's your life. You can control it. These are your reproductive rights. Who reaps the benefits from, from Planned Parenthood? My gosh, the amount of money that this corporation makes is incredible. It's a money-making operation for Planned Parenthood to carry out an abortion. They're not losing money on this. They're making money. Give up your child to the abortion goddess. You will be blessed. You'll be free to enjoy life. You'll have more money to spend on yourself. You will not be cursed with a child. Now, again, for those of you who are into antiquity, a very common god in the ancient world was Moloch. Moloch was the god of child sacrifice. 
child sacrifices were a common practice in the ancient world. Moloch worshipers would either, of their free will, offer their baby to the god Moloch, or, or the baby would be taken away from them and given to the god Moloch. Planned Parenthood is still involved in pagan ceremonies that in too many ways, shapes, and forms remind me of Moloch worship. Let me just stop for a moment and recognize something. Life begins at conception. The American College of Pediatrics actually confirmed this in March 2017. They said the predominance of human biological research confirms that human life begins at conception fertilization. Fertilization. They go on to say at fertilization, the human being emerges as a whole, genetically distinct, individuated, zygotic, living human organism, a member of the species of Homo sapiens, needing only the proper environment in order to grow and develop. You see, life begins at conception. Life begins in the womb. And when you can murder a child in the womb, that's akin to child sacrifice. Now, I'm going to go in a different direction here that I'm sure some will call fake news. But you can look this up for yourself. This occurred in May. Fox News was the reporter. Fox News reported that the Satanic Temple had argued its adherents should be permitted religious exceptions to perform religious abortion rituals in states that had put up barriers to abortion. They did this in a court of law. The Satanic Temple argued that in light of states putting up barriers to abortion after Roe v. Wade was overturned, there should be religious exemptions for religious abortion rituals. They were saying that, hey, we can make abortion a religious ritual. Therefore, in the name of religion, abortion should be allowed to be carried out. Are you following me here? That was in May. Then in August, and I'm reading this in the LancasterPatriot.com. This is an article, Lancaster Patriot, from September 14, 2022. They're reporting on something that took place a month before. It's a video showing a do-it-yourself child sacrifice ritual. It involves candles, an altar, and abortion pills. You see, again, as I was mentioning earlier, there are religious connotations for abortion that are manifest. It's a sacred prerogative, as I mentioned earlier. The right to choose life or death for the baby is in the hands of the pregnant woman. What's really pathetic is the Republican leadership in the country right now Uh, They've done so little to stem the tide of unbiblical and ungodly practices like abortion. Most Republicans are quick to call for exemptions that would allow abortion. I mean, that's what we're seeing right now. They're always calling for exemptions based upon rape or incest. But can I just say this? The awful sins of rape and incest do not justify the murder of a baby. They talk about high-risk pregnancies but high-risk situations, by and large, do have options available that attempt to save both lives. But would we expect a culture of death to be interested in saving the baby's life? Instead of honing life-saving techniques, 
woke medical experts are preferring the craft of the Joseph Mengele on confused teenagers. And this is a total waste of talent and a waste of lives. So again, don't look to the Republican leadership for any solution here, folks, because on these kind of things, they by and large are clueless. The solution here is not more bland Republican leadership, which is unwilling to stand on the authority of God's law and which is not willing to stand on the authority of God's word. The solution is repentance. The solution is regeneration. The solution is a commitment of applying biblical law to society, not conservatism. Conservatives has has some great things about it. But I'm talking about getting back to the fundamentals that are found in, for example, the Ten Commandments on which the laws of this country are based. You go into a court of law, what does it say? In God we trust. Supreme Court still says that to this day, and I know that rankers many, many a liberal. I truly believe that the overturning of Roe v. Wade was God's will. There had been many people, like my wife and I, who have been praying for decades that that someday would be overturned. It happened. And now there are states standing up for life. But at the same time, there is a division taking place in this country that is greater than ever on this particular issue. Friendships are being ruined. Family relationships are being ruined. It's polarizing conservatives and liberals. It's just a shame the Republican Party can't get their act together on this one. Makes me wonder what's going on in a lot of these politicians' personal life. How many, how many children are they responsible for that were aborted? I'm just asking the question. You look into the lives of some of these people in Congress, my gosh. As licentious, as sinful, as crazy as can be, rooted in pride. And pride, of course, is the worst of sins. Let me close with this. If... You are someone who has had an abortion. I just want to let you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a God in heaven who will forgive you for that. I have numerous friends who had abortions at one point in their life and they have brought that to the feet of Jesus, so to speak. They brought that to the cross where Jesus died for everyone's sins. They brought that before the Lord. They've laid that down. God has forgiven them. And that same forgiveness is available to you. And with that in mind, I'm going to close with something that the Apostle Paul, St. Paul said on several occasions in some of his writings in the New Testament, where he said, Grace, mercy, and peace be yours through God our Father and the Lord Jesus the Messiah. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.